0: The Bible contains great financial advice, and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Good morning. Welcome to Know Your Bible. We're glad you're back with us this week as we try to find some answers to your questions and study the Bible with you, and hopefully we'll all know our Bible a little bit better. Uh, that's what this program does, is takes your questions, uh, you and the viewing audience, there's a phone number and a website at the bottom of the screen, you can use those anytime to get in touch with us and let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we handle any kind of questions specifically about the Bible and we get a lot of questions about life and things that are happening in the news and people just wonder what the Bible has to say about those kind of things. And We're happy to try to find an answer for you. So hopefully that will help you know your Bible a little bit better. That's the purpose of this program. So give us a call or log on anytime. Let me introduce my partner here, Toby Levering. Good morning, Toby. Hi, Pete. Glad you're back and ready to go here. We've got uh, lots of good questions saved up. We're going to try to get to today, but we always give our viewing audience one first. Here's today's trivia question. (laughs) Who prepared the way? For Jesus. One man was sent to prepare the way for Jesus, and we'll give you his name at the end of the program, see if you and your family know that one. Toby, looks like you drew number one today, so you can start us off. I did indeed. (laughs) A
1: person wants to know how many days did it take Noah? ...to build the ark. And the answer to that is the Bible doesn't say exactly. We can look at a couple of verses in the account found in Genesis. Uh, those verses will not be on the screen, but Genesis chapter 5, verse 32 tells us that Noah was 500 years old uh, when uh, he began, uh, when he was first called by God... And then we know that he was 600 years old when he entered the ark. So we can use those two verses and say, well, we know he was 500 before he began and 600 when he uh, finally entered the ark. So at most, it took 100 years. Now, it may have taken less than that, uh, but it certainly took him uh, much longer. It wasn't just your average project. And, of course, he didn't have any... Modern tools and things like that, but he uh, he had everything that he needed, and God gave him just enough time to get the job done as he needed to. So we can look at the Bible and say he that's a, a hundred years or less. He got, he got her done. That was an amazing project. Oh man! Uh, could oh. just run to Lowe's for that one.
0: Nope, nope. <laughs> All righty, we got a question about uh, comes from Revelation. The viewer wants to know why do some believe that a Social Security number is the mark of the beast. Well, some people do believe that and believe all kinds of things about uh, the government and things that they're doing and shouldn't be doing and on and on. Uh, Asking why somebody believes something is kind of a hard question because... uh, A lot of folks don't need much reason to believe something, Uh, they just believe it. They've heard it, it sounds reasonable to them, or it agrees with their preconceptions, so they believe it. Uh, I get letters and epistles all the time from a very nice fellow uh, who's convinced that the earth does not revolve around the sun, but that the sun revolves around the earth. Uh, and he sends me all sorts of information trying to convince me of that Uh, he sincerely believes it somehow and has all sorts of Proof for his beliefs. Uh, I haven't been converted yet, but he keeps <laughs> keeps sending me that kind of thing. So people believe all sorts of things. But this one, there is a Bible verse that kind of might make you think that if you just took that verse all by itself and had a theory that Revelation was about today, you might believe it. Let's look at that verse. It's in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. And it says he, the evil one, the antichrist, also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. So that verse says uh, somebody at some time. Uh, forced everybody to get a mark and identification uh, if they wanted to buy or sell anything, trade anything, and uh, that mark was the number of the beast or the name of the beast. Okay, now just take that verse by itself and tell somebody that this is a prophecy about uh, 2016, and well, maybe Social Security numbers as good an idea as anybody's got. However, uh, as we've said many times on this program when we talk about Revelation, it's a highly symbolic book. It's written in a kind of code that the Christians in that day understood. And the book starts out by saying the things in this book will soon come to pass. And it finishes the book by saying everything in this book uh, will soon come to pass. So we believe, I'll know your Bible, uh, that it was a prophecy written to the Christians of that period, first century, and warning them about a persecution that was coming and assuring them that no matter what happened, uh, they were going to be all right. They were going to win in the end. So we think that's what it's about. And we know that from history, uh, shortly after that, there was a persecution, and Christians were persecuted. Uh, by the system or by the government, if you will, and they couldn't trade freely. They were restricted from certain things, and Christians were persecuted. So we think that's what that verse is about. We don't think it applies to today at all. Uh, So trying to figure out what the the mark or the number and Social Security numbers is kind of a moot point since it happened a couple thousand years ago. Uh, We don't worry so much about that. But that verse does sound kind of like some kind of mark if you if you don't consider that it's already fulfilled. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, I think much time and energy has been given to what these things mean and it's interesting as you read it, just like you said, these things must shortly come to pass. You and, know, that's what and we talk about all the time.
0: So. And they did.
1: Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, the next question the viewer asked is, what do you say to God in order to be saved? <clears throat> well, I, I might clarify, I do believe that profession of faith or the confession of Jesus as Lord is certainly a part of the salvation process. Uh, Unlike other religious TV programs, you won't hear us say on this program, Uh, you know, if you want to accept Jesus in your heart, just say this following thing or say this phrase uh, because such a thing really doesn't exist in the Bible. Uh, There is a, as we look at people becoming Christians and giving their their life and their heart fully to the Lord, we we note there are several parts of that journey and uh, profession is a part of that. But there's not really an exact formula or a certain word or phrase that you have to say or a certain prayer that you have to uh, utter to to make that happen. Uh, Profession. with the mouth is simply as jesus said the mouth speaks from the abundance of the heart and so what's happening there is you're uttering with your mouth the things that you believe in your heart and that's where it matters Uh, i personally don't believe it's just a one-time event i think jesus intended uh, for all of his followers to be about the business daily of uh, confessing and professing their belief their trust fully in Him uh, as the opportunity came up. Uh, As Peter would say, uh, the ability to share the reason for the hope that we have. Uh, And that's a very natural thing to do when you put your faith and your trust fully in Him. Uh, We can look at one verse that talks about a profession of faith in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Let's look at this together. Paul writes this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we certainly see that profession is a part of that. Uh, But there's no exact formula. Uh, You might, if you visited uh, where Steve and I uh, minister, you would uh, maybe perhaps hear someone respond to the gospel invitation. And as a part of that process, we would simply ask them, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? They might just simply say yes. Uh, I've heard it done. People say, well, tell us what you believe about Jesus. and They'll say, I believe He's Lord and and I want to submit to Him fully or whatever. So there's no exact formula is my point here. It just... It needs to be a part of the process. I also want to make one mention here that if you just take that verse by itself, that looks like, oh, that's all we need to do. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 is certainly applicable, but we also don't want to forget that uh, its confession of faith is just as important as um, repenting of sin and being buried with him in baptism. Uh, Those are all important parts of the process too. So it's not just one verse and that's all you have to do and that's it. Uh, If you want to know more about that, sign up for the Bible correspondence course, and you can learn about uh, what you need to do to become a Christian. So I hope that verse helps you and, and that the Scripture helps you understand the process of salvation.
0: Okay, thank you, Toby. And since you mentioned the correspondence course, I'll go ahead and tell them a little bit more about that. Of course, if they've watched very long, they know that we do advocate home Bible study, and we've got some free materials that we're happy to send anybody that wants to study the Bible in their own home. Uh, We provide it, like I said, absolutely free of charge. There's uh, uh, no... can't even think of the word, but there's no obligation. That's, yeah. a, that's the word. Uh, if you want to try this, uh, just give us a call on the number on the screen or log in and say you'd like to try that free course. And what we'll do is we'll send you a les- first lesson of this set that you see on the screen. It's kind of our introductory course. and introduces you to the Bible and uh, just gives you a good broad overview of it. Uh, it's, in fact, it starts with two very basic lessons. The first lesson is about the Old Testament, and the second one's about the New Testament. And so, obviously, it's a broad overview. If this little <coughs> pamphlet can uh, study the whole Old Testament, it doesn't give you a whole lot of detail, but helps you understand who wrote it, and when, and why, and what it's about, kind of the timeline of it. And then the second lessons about the New Testament. You learn the same thing about it. That kind of grounds you in the foundational knowledge you need. And then they give you some other lessons in that uh, series that help you understand your Bible a little bit better. And then we've got more advanced courses that go on from there. So we're happy to provide those. I've been doing it for all the years we've been on and thousands of people have taken us up on it and learned a lot about the Bible. So phone number, website at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Use one of those and let us know you'd like that course and hopefully you'll know your Bible a little bit better after you've studied for a while with Know Your Bible Study Tools. All right, uh, interesting question. Viewer wants to know about other religions and says, what does the Bible say about the different types of religions? And why are others so different from Christian beliefs? Well, there are a lot of different religions in the world and people believe in uh, different things and uh, different higher powers or gods or uh, some of them are nature centered and uh, all kinds of beliefs that man has and I think that proves the existence of a creator of a divine being uh, because we all have that within us we all want to uh, recognize that somebody something somehow made us. Uh, As far as what the Bible says about other religions, the Old Testament mentions a few specifically uh, other gods, uh, Baal and Asherah and certain names like that of pagan gods that people worshipped. And it just says, you know, stay away from them. Don't have anything to do with that. Jehovah is the one true God and worship Him. So the Old Testament talks a little bit about a specific religion. The New Testament really doesn't. It doesn't mention other beliefs because most of them came after the New Testament was written. Uh, But what the New Testament does talk about is false teaching. It talks about denying the one true God and making something else God having some other God, having some other belief system. Uh, Read Romans 1 if you want to see the process of how that happens uh, when men deny the one true God and try to come up with something else. Uh, That's the ultimate other religion is denying that God exists or denying that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, As far as why those are all so different, Uh, all the other religions of the world, why they're so different from Christianity is because they're from man. Man came up with them. Uh, God came up with Christianity, if you want to talk about it that way. Uh, He (laughs) uh, rules this world. He created us. He understands everything about how everything came to be and how we function. Uh, And His religion is perfect, therefore. It has everything that he created and how it works. If a man comes up with it, what man does is makes it man-centered. Uh, we see it from our point of view and we figure, okay, this is the way I can please whatever kind of God I've dreamed up, uh, which basically boils down this is how I can please myself, <laughs> because that's usually who we put in there as God. Uh, When a human tries to explain this world without understanding all of it, the only thing he can do is come at it from our limited human perspective. So that's what men do when they come up with religions. If you do this, if you pray this many times a day at this hour and this hour and this hour, and if you do this and that and the other, then you're pleasing. Well, that's the way man thinks about it. Uh, God talks about giving us a free gift of salvation. He talks about Jesus dying for I mean, it's all different. So that's why they're different. Man created all the other religions. God created Christianity, and uh, it's the 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 answer for everything we need to know about life and godliness and eternal life with God. So the Bible doesn't specifically mention other religions or uh, criticize them. It just says... Anything other
1: than worshiping Jehovah God is wrong and I'll head you the wrong direction. Okay. (laughs) Uh, A viewer wants to know about cremation. We get this question occasionally uh, on the program. Is cremation right or wrong according to the Bible? I was uh, doing a uh, memorial service recently, and uh, the, the deceased had been cremated, and some of the family members came up to me afterwards and kind of asked this question, what do you think about cremation? What they're asking there is, is there any problem with it? Does it, does it violate any of God's principles, teachings, commands in the Bible? Are we doing anything wrong um, in, in any sort of way? I understand where this question comes from, the answer is that according to the Bible, uh, it's neither right nor wrong. It's just a matter of your preference. The Bible doesn't give us any verses that say you should or you shouldn't. Uh, it gives us a few sparse examples of bodies having been burned, but nothing that gives us any inclination as to if God has a specific uh, desire that we do or don't do that. So with those things, we... Uh, We just go and understand that it's a matter of uh, what you want to do when you make your funeral arrangements and um, make sure that you uh, communicate those things with your family very clearly so that everybody's on the uh, same page and understanding exactly what your wishes are. That's the most important thing, really. Um, In terms of the Bible, though, it just has uh, nothing to say. Uh, It doesn't affect any part of the resurrection, and when Jesus returns, uh, all cremation does is reduce in a matter of seconds uh, what the natural process may take several decades or many many years to do it just reduces it to ashes eventually it all turns into the same ashes just a matter how quickly you do it and so nothing wrong with it Uh, what's going to happen in the resurrection Uh, god's going to take care of all of that and it has nothing to do with uh, how we dispose of the physical remains of the body what matters is where the soul ends up that's what's important to god let's look at first corinthians Chapter 15, verses 50 through 52. I tell you this, brothers, uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not, all, uh, uh, shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. And this is the important part to understand that When Jesus returns and when the great resurrection uh, finally happens of the dead in Christ, uh, whatever form we're in, He's going to change us into the spiritual form. And uh, what what happened or what state the physical body is in makes no difference. So talk to your families and let them know, and you get to decide. Good advice.
0: All right, question about the Ten Commandments. And we get lots of questions about the Ten Commandments. A viewer says, if we are no longer under the Ten Commandments, well, how do you explain James, saying, if you love God, you will keep His commandments? All right, let me back up just a little bit and talk about the Ten Commandments. Uh, Our position at Know Your Bible, our belief is that the Ten Commandments uh, were the greatest set of moral laws ever made, and God kind of codified morality within those. But they're part of the old law. Uh, They were given to Moses. They were given to the Israelites. And when Jesus died on the cross, the old law was taken out of the way. And a new law or a New Testament, a new covenant came into effect. And that's a lot about what the New Testament is written about. People wanting to try to keep parts of the old law. And Paul especially wrote lots of his letters explaining that. and Saying, no, you don't have to do that. Don't let people judge you about keeping the old law. Uh, You keep the new teachings of Jesus. So, that's the overall picture. Now, this viewer says, okay, if you say that, if we're not under the Ten Commandments, well, why did James say, if you love God, you'll keep His commandments? Well, he didn't say you'll keep the Ten Commandments written on stone for Moses, he said commandments. Now, there are lots of commandments in the Bible. Uh, The bulk of them, of course, are in the Old Testament, but there are lots of commandments. Now, the question is, which ones are in effect today? Uh, And you understand that. It's not limited to the Ten Commandments. If James really meant you'll keep every commandment God ever made, then I would ask you why you don't sacrifice sheep today. Uh, nobody that says, oh, we got to keep the Ten Commandments, sacrifice a sheep that I know of. Uh, why don't you go to Jerusalem to worship? Uh, why don't you... Uh, have the feast days. Make sure that you keep all of the feast days that God established in the Old Testament. Uh, why don't you change the way you do inheritance and make sure the first son gets everything when somebody passes away. See, we don't follow those commandments. And nobody wants to follow those commandments. Uh, but a lot of people, it's that, that, because they understand that's part of the old law. It's for the Israelites. It's not for us. But a lot of people say, well, the Ten Commandments are so special... Uh, We need to keep those. We need to follow those. Well, now that's part of the old law. Now, nine of them are repeated in the New Testament. So when we say we're not under the Ten Commandments, it doesn't mean that we advocate murder or stealing or adultery or covetousness or anything because those are all repeated in the New Testament. Jesus reinforced those. Uh, We understand that we keep those. But as far as the Ten Commandments, uh, that's part of the old law. We don't follow. We uh, respect them, uh, revere them. Uh, I have a stone carving plaque in my office of the Ten Commandments on it. They're the greatest laws ever written. But we're not under those today. We keep the New Testament. So when James said keep his commandments, he meant keep whatever God tells you to do. And we all understand that some of those that He made in the past are not in effect anymore. We keep what He wants us to do today. So hopefully that explains it a little bit. And the best way I can explain it is which commandments are in effect, keep those. Let me take this moment and invite you to visit a Church of Christ near you. Churches of Christ provide this program for you. And uh, we like to mention some of them and uh, thank a few of them each week for helping keep us on the air today. Let me talk about two in uh, uh, central Kansas here. Uh, Where Know Your Bible originates from, a church in Sylvia and one in Wellington are both fine congregations of the Church of Christ, great groups of people at each one of them. And uh, I know that if you lived in that neighborhood, uh, you probably know somebody that attends the Church of Christ. If you do, uh, let them know that uh, you watch Know Your Bible and you appreciate them helping keep it on the air. Of course, if you're searching for a church home, uh, you'd be warmly welcomed at uh, either of those churches of Christ or any church of Christ in your area. Wherever we're broadcast, uh, you can probably find one close to you. And if you're looking for a church home, you'd find a group of people there that think and study about the Bible a lot like we do on this program. We encourage you to drop in and visit them. Tell them you heard about them on Know Your Bible. All right. We
1: talk on this program about Jesus Christ, and someone wants to has a question about that. Is that yeah. his name or is that a title? <laughs> the question is, is Christ only a title, and Jesus is his real name? And uh, my answer to that is yes. Now, we... <laughs> Uh, in our modern world, we typically have a first name, a middle name, and a last name. Um, I'm, I'm Toby Levering. This is Steve Tandy. And that tells us two things. One, the first name, who we are, and the second name, who, the family that we come from. Well, that wasn't always the case. It wasn't always how people were named. If you read through the Bible, sometimes you'll uh, more often see a person who's named, and then they will say, of the tribe of or uh, the son of. They were connected to their father or their grandfather. It was uh, very patriarchal. And so they... In, in the way we would think of it had a first name, and then they were connected then to who they were born to, and that was kind of how they did that. Now, of course, Jesus's situation was very unique. So, uh, but in the scriptures, he was called Jesus the Christ. Christ is a Greek word meaning simply <clears throat> the Messiah or the Anointed One, and so that was would have been the the word they would have used to refer to the one that the scriptures pointed to over and over and over again and the the scriptures talked about the coming messiah uh... the the suffering savior uh... and in the greek word that term was simply christ uh, a couple of verses that won't be on your screen simon <clears throat> andrew told simon peter about jesus this way in john 1 the first thing andrew did was to find his brother simon and tell him we have found the messiah and then in parentheses john puts that is the christ and he brought him to jesus the woman at the well said this about to jesus she said uh, in john four twenty five the woman said, "I know that the Messiah parentheses called Christ is coming when he comes, He will explain everything to us and then at the end of john 's book He says to his audience, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you have life on his name. So Jesus is his name and Christ is the title. Let's look at Acts 2.36. Together, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So you are correct and that's what the scriptures say.
0: All right, Toby, that, that verse you put up there is one of my favorites. Like I always imagine what the crowd mm-hmm. thought when he said that yeah, and how they it's a reacted. It's kind of a jaw-dropping moment. Yeah, because <laughs> they they knew that Jehovah was Lord. Yeah. He was the one, and they'd been looking for the Messiah for right. thousands of years. And Peter stood up and said, Jesus, who you just killed, yeah. is both Lord and Christ. Yep. I mean, that had to, <laughs> and they reacted that way. They sure. said, What do we do? Yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly we've right. killed him. Uh, A great verse. Okay, we're out of time for questions, but let's make sure we get our trivia question answered here. Who prepared the way for Jesus? I imagine we got about 100% on this one. Uh, John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, was the one who was specifically sent uh, to prepare the way and tell people they better repent and get ready because the kingdom was coming. So John was the one that prepared the way and explained who the Messiah was. To people if they listen. We're glad you've been with us today. We're out of time, but we invite you to be back next week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church
1: of Christ near you.